0: talk to you about practically what the Bible talks about in our financial world. Now, a lot of people say, I serve Jesus, you know, I've given it all to God, and yet there's this one area, this one area related to our money, our finances, it's kind of like we keep it back. We give our heart to Jesus, I mean, we sign up, I mean, I want to serve God, but this one area, it's like, it's almost like, you know, God has all of this wisdom and information about everything except this one area. No, God 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 has something to say about every area. And so many times we allow our lives to be governed by what we think rather than what does God's word say about it. And I wanna just encourage you, whatever campus you're at, I wanna encourage you to live differently. Not first, what do you think, but what does God's word say about it? What does God's word say about your marriage? What does God's word say about your kids? What does God's word say about finances? Because it says a lot. Our theme scripture for this series is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I love this. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. Listen to what he says. He says, and God is able to make all grace. Everyone say all grace. Now watch this next word. All grace overflow. There it is. To you. God is able to make all grace overflow to you. So that, two reasons. So that you may have all sufficiency in everything and you may have an abundance for every good deed. Pastor, why does God want to bless my life? Why? Number one, because he wants to take care of your needs and help you. But number two, he wants to position you. So he blesses you, all grace, everything you need for you, but not just for you, it's to position you. For what? For every good deed. So that when the Holy Spirit whispers to you, and talks to you about a cousin that's struggling, and you find out you're at a family gathering, and you're in a position to be able to obey God and be able to help out. I'm not gonna ask for a lot of questions, but I just wanna ask for one. How many of all of your locations would like to be in a position where the Holy Spirit can whisper to you and you can help other people in need? Come on, just raise your hand. All of us, everybody say, All Grace. So the theme verse, we're going to be talking about it for three weeks, this week and two more weeks, and I want to build your faith. Faith comes by hearing the word. By the way, faith doesn't come by my opinion. You don't get faith in your heart through Pastor Steve's opinion. Faith comes as I open the Bible. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how practical the Bible is. And you hear God's perspective. Faith comes in your heart. Paul is saying all grace is supplied to you. Many people don't realize how practical the Bible is. The Bible actually gives us a road map, timeless principles and promises to speak to every area of our lives. If those of you that are new, maybe to Christianity, maybe you've just been coming to Church of the King for a while, the Bible is practical. God, yes, ultimately wants to make sure that your sins are forgiven and that you live in eternity with Him in heaven because you placed your faith in Christ. But God doesn't leave us without a blueprint how to succeed in the here and now. And the Bible, when you open it up, it is filled with so many principles and promises. Today, I want to talk to you about the number one enemy to living in overflow. I want to talk to you about the enemy of debt. One of the biggest barriers to living a life of what I would call overflow where you live more constricted and restricted, where you're not in a place to be able to respond, whether it's a Thanksgiving basket, helping people at Christmas, you're not in that place. You want to be. It's not a heart issue, but it's a wisdom issue. Your life has not been based upon Scripture that has positioned you. We can change that today. We can begin to change the process today. God wants to position us. When we get serious about breaking free from debt, I'm going to define what I mean in just a moment. God gives us, listen to me, Both scriptural wisdom and supernatural power. Here's what I found when we do our part, God does His part. We have a part to play. Everybody say our part, and everybody say God's part. I'm going to teach you from the Bible today that we have a part to play. And when we do our part, guess what? God shows up and does His part. God won't do your part, but God will do His part. We've got a part to play. We can't do God's part. God doesn't do our part. We do our part. God Speaks to us in his word. You say, Pastor, what's our part? I'm going to show you from the Bible. We do our part, then God shows up and does the supernatural. Matter of fact, God specializes in adding his super to our natural. Miracles start taking place. I am super proud of you guys. I've had the privilege of serving here at Church of the King 23 years, almost 24. I'm super proud of all of you that have gone through. We have a 10-week small group series. It's a curriculum. For years, we did what's called Crown Financial. Uh, we now do Financial Peace University. We promote it big time uh, in church. I think churches often emphasize what people do with the 10%, but don't teach them what the Bible talks about, how to manage the other 90%. And so we are big, what's called Financial Peace University Church. And so let me just tell you this. I've got a recent statistic. We've had over 15 years, 7,000 adults go through Crown Financial, and we've had 3,850 adults go through Financial Peace University. That's nearly 11,000 adults have gone through a 10-week curriculum on what the Bible teaches about finances. Can we give a little right hand clap for that? Isn't that powerful? <laughs> that's you guys. 11,000 of you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but that's a whole bunch. We do our part. God speaks to us in his word, and God does his part. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, listen to this. Paul writes, and do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time, like it is really the time to wake up out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than we first believed. What is Paul saying? Paul says, wake up, get moving in life. Now, salvation is an interesting concept. A lot of people don't understand. Salvation is a lot bigger than you think. Yes, salvation from our sins is, is the original foundational understanding. We are saved from our sins. But salvation, biblically, is broader than just being delivered from our sins. The actual Greek word for salvation is soteria. And let me give you the definition of salvation. And Paul says, this is important, God promises us salvation as we trust Christ. Everybody say salvation. What does the word salvation include? You can look this up after service. I'm going to give it. Here's the actual translation of soteria. Salvation means deliverance. Think about that. Deliverance. Protection. Soundness. Prosperity. Health and preservation. Would you put your faith in Christ, when you trust Christ as your Savior, guess what? In the cross, the cross- the death and the resurrection of Christ. When you're saved, guess what? The provision of the word of God. There's soundness. There's wholeness. There's mental health. There's emotional health. Yes, the foundation of being saved from your sins. But it's much more than that. But in God's word, God promised you. Let me tell you something. God wants you to go to heaven. But God doesn't want you living in hell on earth. It doesn't suggest we don't live in trials. Of course there's adversity. Of course we go through trials. But you can live in wholeness. In every area of your life. In other words, God wants us free and living in overflow. God doesn't want us shackled down in bondage to sin, in bondage to addictions, in bondage, in bondage to death. God doesn't want you shackled. Why? So that your position, everybody say position. Why does God want you free from sin and free from the, the shackles of bondage? Why? So you can be positioned to help other people. Pete, let me tell you something. You've got to be a free person to help bring freedom to other people. That's important. Reminds me of a story of three psychiatrists. And they were at a convention and they were after one of the sessions. They were all there. You know, it was kind of a continuing education conference. They walked around and said, my gosh, you know, uh, we're always listening to everybody else's problems. Who listens to ours? Because we've got problems, too. They said, let's go take a walk. Matter of fact, why don't we do this? We're just going to all share our problems with one another. Because we've got a lot of problems, so let's just do that. They took out on this walk. The first guy goes, okay, here we go. You guys ready? You you guys ready? He goes, here's my problem. He goes, I'll I'll be honest. He says, "Um, I'm a compulsive shopper. I'm deeply in debt, and I overcharge my clients because I need to pay off bills. The two go, oh, my gosh. It's just, you do have problems, you know. Thanks. Second guy goes, I'll, I'll tell you, I have a drug problem, nobody knows about it. Nobody knows about it. And it's really out of control. They're like, oh my gosh, Jeez, I'm oh. They look at the third guy, the first and second guy. He says, Well, what's your problem? He goes, I can't even believe I'm gonna tell you this. I'm embarrassed by this. He said, I know it's wrong, and no matter how hard I try, I can't keep secrets. Isn't that funny? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Sometimes one of the most shameful places that we can be in our life is the secret of how enslaved in debt we are. And by the way, it affects you mentally, emotionally. I, I remember talking to a couple one time. They said, Pastor Steve, we have so much debt. It's like we feel like it's caving our chest. Like we feel like at times when we really we can't even breathe. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? God doesn't want you living live in that way. That, that, that's not freedom. God, how many of y'all believe God has a better way? Amen? God has a better way. God has a better way. And by the way, I'm gonna say, you don't have to live in shame. You don't have to live in shame. We're all, let me tell you, we all started somewhere. So there's no shame. Wherever you are finding it, wherever you are, there's no shame. But we want to build our lives according to the Bible and get out from where we are. You guys ever hear a preacher say that, you know, God loves you right where he found you. I get it. But he loves you too much to leave you where he found you too. Well, he loves you. Yeah, he loves me. I'm still defeated, broken down. No, no. He loves you. You come unconditionally loved by God. You just, you just, he just loves you, but he then picks you up and then you learn the word and you renew your mind and you don't leave the same way he found you. So you got to leave differently. So let me give some qualifications and I'm going to jump in talking about our part and God's part. All right, here it is. Three qualifications about debt. I'm specifically talking today about consumer debt. What is consumer debt? It's a debt that you have not attached to, to an appreciable asset, all right, that's important, all right, credit card debt, line of credit debt, debt's where you don't have any asset attached to it, and it's like, you went on the vacation, you charge it, you went on that, you charge, you charge, and there's no asset attached, so I'm specifically talking about that, number two, I'm not talking about Debt attached to an asset like a mortgage, all right? Now, I think we should get debt free, but, again, Dave Ramsey teaches, Crown Financial teaches, again, you know, that there there, there is wise debt, short-term, pay it off, but it's got to be attached to an asset. Three, business people. I want to talk to all the business people. I understand business debt. I understand you've borrowed to expand and multiply your business. I would say, though, do everything you can to not live in that forever. It's one of the things I love about Hobby Lobby they have eight million square feet of warehouses stores all over the place and everything is paid off if God did it for them God will do it for you don't just buy into the mindset even in business well I just got to be in debt forever uh, who, who said I understand you start out I understand you got business debt to expand to multiply but 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 let your faith be I'm still going to pay it off and let's get out of enslavement in that all right so to help everybody these three qualifications are so important one other qualification, I think it's important. Every time I talk about this, I want to say this. Being in debt is not a sin. The Bible never says that. Why? Because God says be the lender, not the borrower. God's not telling you to get people in sin. I will say this, it's not wise. It's not sin, but it's not it's not a sin, but it's not wise. Here's what Romans 13:8 says. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. The starting place, the freedom in this area and there's people at all different levels, all different age groups. I am going to direct a little bit at some point to the younger couples in just a minute, so just hang on. But the starting point is getting a vision of what the Bible t- wants for your life. And you can't live in fear. you've got to live in faith. You've got to renew your mind. We don't live in fear. Fear constricts faith and powers. We want to live in faith. We wanna live according to the word. So what is the purpose of your job? What is the purpose of God prospering? You gotta see this. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18. This is the foundation getting a vision of being debt free. And so you have a vision of the why. What's the why? And you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get what? Say it. And that's all relative. That's all relative. By the way, if you're an American, you're wealthy according to the world standards. According to the world standards, you're wealthy. How many are grateful? that we live in the United States of America. I'm very grateful for that. Very grateful. Most people that don't like America have never been out of America. That's another talk. But anyway, so. I know we have problems. But a lot of good stuff going on. The point is, is that God gives you God gives you power to get well. What's the purpose of that? Pull that scripture back up so that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers. In other words, God has prospered you for a purpose. God's given you a job, gifts and talents and abilities and anointing. Here's the why. The why is, yes, so that your needs are met, but more than that, to position you so that you can help others. It's not just for you, but it's to position you. Life gets fun when you're in a position to be a blessing to other people. I'm going to talk week three about there are certain neurological things and there's certain endorphins, there's certain uh, things in your body, chemically God has designed, that are not released until you are in, in a place where you're actually giving out. It's powerful. This is all in the Bible. All right, so everybody say our part. Everybody say God's part. All right, let me give you a little bit of our part. Here we go. This is gonna be super practical. The Word's gonna build your faith. I'm gonna give you some practical things. I've got some notes at the end. Our part, and God's part. Number one, breaking debt naturally. A, know how much debt you have. I know this is super practical, but it's important. You ever walk through a room and you don't know where to walk because there's so much clothes on the floor, you're not sure what to walk on? You ever done that before? I don't even know how to get out of there. I mean, I like that, sure, I don't wanna walk there, okay. Can I say this? Some people don't even know how much debt. If somebody came up to you, if the Holy Spirit spoke to somebody and said, pay off their debt, and somebody said, I want to pay off your debt, do you even know how much you have? That's important to know. How much you have? Line it out. Put it there. What are the interest? what what, you got to line it out. A. B, you need a plan. Everybody say plan. Develop a written plan to get out of debt. Now, we teach, Dave Ramsey teaches, and I put this on the bottom of your notes, Debt snowball plan for debt retirement. It's a snowball. So I actually put on the back of your notes. You can download that online. It's, it's a debt reduction thing, and it's a snowball effect. It, it we, Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace, Crown Financial, and we put at the end of the notes how to be able to list them and have a plan. C. Now I'm going to step on some toes here. You guys ready? This is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Credit cards are not your friends. Stop buying things on plastic unless you can pay for it at the end of the month. Now, let me qualify up front. I know what somebody's going to say. Pastor, we get points. That's why we do everything on credit cards. What's the use if you're enslaved in $10,000 of consumer debts, but you can fly anywhere in America that you don't have any money with? That was good. I don't care what you say, that was good. So, here's what I would say use your credit card. I don't care. As a charge card, you got to pay it off in 30 days. If you're using it to build credit or use it, use it as a charge card. I got an American Express in 1988. I was a freshman at Tulane University. You pay it off every month. I've done it for 35 years. And it's, it's a charge card. That, that's what it is. So it doesn't just build and build. My wife and I have one other American Express that it builds, and I want to pay it off every month. If I don't pay it off at the end of the month, I feel like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like it's suffocating me. I don't like to have any feeling of being under anything but God's Spirit. So, for all the points, people, because you email me after this talk, you did it two years ago, you do realize the world is conditioned to get you in debt. Matter of fact, I went to academy this summer. There was a lady, sweet lady, precious lady. I come at you because you want an academy credit card. I said, no, ma'am, know. She goes, why not? Because <laughs> I don't want one. Well, you should have one. You, you see that? You can put it in. Matter of fact, today, and there was a thing today. If I got it today, I think whatever I was buying, I could almost get it free. If you do that, do you realize what you'd get? I said, I really don't want one. You seem like a sweet lady. I feel like you're accosting me, literally. <laughs> I, matter of fact, and I say, I won't tell you this store. is another store. Here, I was with my wife, and we went, and, and it's like, you, would you want a credit card? No, I don't want a credit card. No, I don't want a credit card. Well, you need this credit card. I don't want the credit card. You, but, you, but I'm telling you, if you get it, you know, I don't care if you... And I said this. My wife thought it was rich. She goes, I said, I don't care if you give me 10 shirts for free. I'm not taking your credit card. I did this yesterday, last night at the service. A guy came up and goes, you know, we are actually... I work for somebody. We're trying to get credit cards. He goes, you I said, so what? And if you're in that industry, I don't care. This is the one talk I'm teaching against you. But anyway, so... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm the pastor. It's my 37 minutes. God bless you. Anyway, here we go. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, let me go on. Let me go on. All right, here we go. (laughs) Do do without for now. Do without for now. I want to talk to the young families in the church. Don't, Don't give in to the pressure of comparison. My wife and I... We got married. I mean, all these friends of ours—you know—they get new cars, new this, new furniture, new all this stuff. They're, they're, it's all a lie. They don't own anything. Charging everything. And Jennifer and I—we made a decision. And, and I was like, "I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get enslaved in that. I, I'm not going to do it." Pastor, have you ever bought furniture on a credit? One time, we bought a furniture set in our second house. It was like thirty-five hundred dollars. It took us three years to four years to pay it off. I think we ended up paying seven thousand in cash. We could have got two sets. And I remember thinking, I said, I'm never, that was so stupid. We had it. by the way, we had something to sit on, but we wanted to upgrade again. And we saw something in the store. And so I'm telling you a little bit out of my pain and my foolishness, don't do that. Why? Because do it, do it. So, but, but you got to be willing to say, you know, I'm just going to wait a little bit. I'm I'm going to do without. Let me give you another one here. Pause. Everybody say pause. Whenever making a major purchase. Pause. Go 24 hours. Don't get in that car today. Don't drive it home today. Don't have that thing today. Don't do that today. Why? Just pause. By the way, this is for all the married folks. Never, ever, ever do a major purchase without you and your wife or you and your husband being in agreement. Don't ever do it. Okay, let me give a caveat if you'd like a good marriage. Now, if you don't care, just go do whatever you want to do pastor have you ever done that one time it wasn't a big purchase it really wasn't and it was it wasn't a huge purchase and one time you know it was like this thing you know I got with this friend of mine and it was like you know why didn't you tell me you know it's like it wasn't that big but it was big to her if it's big to her oh let me help if it's big to her it's big this is really funny I didn't even mean to be this funny but this is good (laughs) okay here's the next one everybody say our part Now watch, we start a transition, and then it becomes God's part. Ooh, look at this one. Give. Don't forget to be a tither. I've heard so many, well, I'm in debt, I can't tithe. No, the reason why you are in debt is because you weren't a tither. Don't wait until you get out of debt. Now, Dave Ramsey teaches, you start with a tithe, offerings can come and generosity can come above your tithe as you get further out of debt. But your tithe is foundational. It's first. Everybody say first. Matter of fact, when you get what is the tithe? And by the way, if you're a guest at our church, if you're new, we don't apologize about teaching anything that the Bible teaches. I don't apologize teaching what the Bible says about marriage. I don't apologize teaching what the Bible says about kids. I don't apologize what the Bible talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I will never apologize. The Bible talks about the first 10% of your income goes to God. It's called the tithe. It's in the Bible. How many are grateful for the word of God? By the way, everybody, that I, everybody I know that says they can't afford to tithe doesn't tithe. Just think about that statement. They can't afford to tithe. It's because they don't tithe. When you tithe, what does that mean? Putting the first 10% of your income first to God. Not second, not third, not every. Put it first. It realigns your priorities and it puts God first. Not second, not third. He's first. By the way, the tithe keeps money out of your heart and it keeps it in your hand. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. Everyone say first fruits. First fruits. Not leftovers. First fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I've said this story before. This is about my dad. I, I, he was He's an attorney. And, and he I saw in the 1980s where he got... Went through a tough time, the oil downturn, they had a company, it got in a very tough situation. I saw him. By the way, some things are taught, some things are caught. I caught this. I saw him literally give his way out of debt. He was right on the edge of bankruptcy. I saw him tithe, put God first, and give over and above offerings. I remember him calling the associate pastor of the church. Some of you have heard this story before. Saying, how can I help? I want to help pay light bills for people in other words in other words you've got to understand if you put God first this this is what begins to invite the supernatural into your life by the way debt reduction strategies apart from the God factor secular people can do that but christian people we do our part it looks similar but then we invite the God part that's the supernatural oh that that's the added advantage is the supernatural That's the favor. That's the unexplainable, the undeniable. It's like, what happened? God showed up, but we got to do our part. I saw my dad put God first with the tithe in debt, and I saw God give him power, and the miracles happen, and whoom, got out of debt. It's part of the process. All right, let me give you two last things. So everybody say our part. And everybody say God's part. Now, I do it this way for a reason. There is in the Bible, this is important, I want everybody to listen. In the Bible, there are multiple examples of what's called supernatural debt cancellation. A miracle. Just like a miracle of blind eyes opening. We believe that Jesus does. How many of you believe Jesus does miracles? We believe that? Okay, watch this. Healings. There are in the Bible miracle debt cancellations. But... We gotta do our part to position ourselves for that. So I'm not teaching just believe for a miracle and then we still don't steward on the right end. This is important. The super is added to the natural. Does that make sense? You, You gotta do your part. Somebody comes up with lung cancer and they're asking for healing. I believe God will heal, but you can't walk out and you're still smoking cigarettes. That was a great analogy. You gotta do, everybody say your part. Do you believe that God can heal? Yes or no? Yes. But you got to do your part. You got to do your part. It's the same thing with got If you do your part, it actually positions you for the supernatural. Woo! The favor comes. Now, so let me give you <laughs> Exodus chapter 12. Don't look it up. Exodus chapter 12 later. Do you know when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, Egyptian bondage, out of slavery? What did God do? God gave the gold and the silver of the Egyptians and he gave it to the, the Hebrews to go into the wilderness. That's called a supernatural debt cancellation. It was supernatural. They came out of slavery. Phoom, gave them resources for the journey. There are I'm going to give you out of the Old Testament. I've got five minutes left. Old Testament, then New Testament. I'm going to put faith in your heart through the word of God because if you start doing your part, this is when the, the miracles start showing up. I've had people on our. There's a guy on our staff, who loves a two hundred thousand dollar medical bill. You know, they were doing their part, faithful to God, getting out of debt, rapid debt reduction, putting it all down, tithing, loving God, working hard, God's what, and then and then and then they get the call. So they do their part, and then it was supernatural, like two hundred thousand. Pastor, do you believe God does that? Yes. God unexplainably prospers somebody in their business, miracles, business, something doubles, something happens. He does stuff like that. But our part positions us to receive that. Does this make sense? I'm trying to to give you a balanced approach to to the the natural and the supernatural, how they work together in this. All right, let me give you one Old Testament example, one New Testament, then we're done, all right? Second, this is a supernatural Old Testament example. Then New Testament. I got four minutes left. Here it is: Second Kings, chapter four. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, "Your servant, my husband's dead, and you know that your servant fear of the Lord. And the creditors coming to take my two sons to be their slaves. You ever been there before? Don't want to answer the phone because the creditors calling. You ever been there before? Parking the car down the street because you know the repo. This is it. This is real-time, real-life stuff here. And the credit is coming to take my two sons. So Elisha said, what shall I do for you? And I believe God's asking us that. Tell me what you have in your house. you got to start. you got to do what you can do. And he says, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you, you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Watch this. Now she starts pouring this oil. Here's the supernatural. Here's the super on top of the natural. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, and she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Watch this. Then she came and told the man of God, and he says, go sell the oil, pay your debt, you and your sons, and live on the rest. The widow did what she had to do. She obeyed. You, a human being cannot multiply oil, but God can. Do you know that God knows where the business is in your life? God knows where the contacts are. He knows where the new contacts are. God, God, you realize that. If you do your part, everybody say my part. You do your part. You do your part. She had to go do a part. Sometimes we're waiting for a miracle to come, and we're really looking for magic. Magic is when you don't participate at all. We don't believe in that. Biblical miracles, the little boy, the fish and loaves, had to give the loaves. You had to give the fish. And God multiplied. So you God multiplied. You do your part, God does his part. Man, I hope this is coming across. She did her part. She did her part. I'll give you one last one. We don't have to look at it. Matthew chapter 17. Did you know that Jesus and Peter had a tax bill? They had a tax bill. Even they dealt with taxes. And Jesus told Peter, go down to the ocean, go down to the sea, and go in the fish. Peter had a tax bill. He had to do what Jesus said to do. Go down here. Cast in the pole, catch the fish, and in the fish's mouth, there's money to pay the tax bill. He had to do his part. God didn't just supernaturally pay it off without his participation. We've got to participate. As he did his part, God did his part, and the supernatural paid it off. That's called biblical cooperation, biblical partnership. Here's what I believe with all of my heart. God will supernaturally cancel some debts in your life if you do your part. How many of y'all believe in for that? Come on. How many of y'all believe for that? The miracles. All right. Now, I'll close with this. I feel faith right now. Faith's come in your hearts. Some of you guys have been hopeless. You've been hopeless. We can do it God's way. It's going to take a little bit of time. Then God does something. It's like, whoa, this is God. And you know it's God. The greatest debt cancellation that ever happened, it's not with money. He'll do that, but it's not. It's when our sins were blotted out. I'll say this. Maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you've never come to Christ. Maybe you're new. You're watching online. Wherever it is that you are, the greatest miracle of debt cancellation is when Jesus Christ died on the cross and he canceled the sin debt against us. My question is, have you received Christ? I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. All of our locations, if you're watching today, wherever it is, I literally have one minute left. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. It's the greatest debt cancellation in the Bible. He does the natural ones. This is the greatest spiritual one. Where he washed our sins away by his death on the cross. Where he purchased our salvation. So my question is, do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. If that's you, at the count of i I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, just hold your hand up high. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you up top. God bless you. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Yeah. God bless you guys right there. God loves you, sir. He loves you, my friend. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. With every head bowed and eyes, closed, church family, can we pray? This is the most important prayer people will ever pray, right, right here. This is called debt cancellation of sin. The greatest cancellation as we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Church, let's pray together. Can we do that with those that are trusting Christ? Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past. And I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people.
1: Wow, what a powerful message from Pastor Steve. I know that that both encouraged and challenged me personally today, but we just want to take a moment for those of you that feel that tug that's stirring in your heart, that you want to make a decision for Jesus today to surrender your life to him. The Bible tells us that when you do that, you are a new creation. You are loved. You are forgiven. The past is in the past. You are redeemed completely and made whole and new in Christ. Christ so we just want to say congratulations but this is just the first step and as a church family we would love to come alongside of you and just equip you and help you as you continue to walk with him for the rest of your life and the easiest way for us to be able to do that is by you filling out a short form that's in the chat room right now or following the instructions that are on the screen and it allows us to follow up with you personally and so we just look forward to doing just that this week. Yes, exactly,
0: and I just wanna echo what Rebecca said. Congratulations, this is a huge deal. Making a decision to follow Jesus is so exciting. We're cheering you on, and let me just encourage you, Keep showing up. Like we just said, this is just the first step. And I've really seen what God has done in my life as I've continued to show up, as I've been consistent to pursue Jesus, to read my Bible, to surround myself with the right people. So I encourage you, show up, be back at church next weekend. We can't wait to see you here. And let's just be ready to see what God is going to do in your life as you choose and
1: commit to being consistent to following Jesus for the rest of your life. It's going to be really, really amazing. We're so excited for you. Yes, that is so, so good, Simon. So this concludes our time together this weekend, but we look forward to seeing you back next weekend as we continue this series called Overflow. And just like we said at the beginning of the service, think about who you can invite to next weekend's service. And so we look forward to seeing you there with your friend, same time. Same place. Have an awesome week. We'll see you soon.